Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the BMcast. Not a podcast that is a known cheater that gets caught repeatedly for cheating and stealing promos on nationals, then starts playing another TCG only to immediately get caught cheating there too, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Scott and I'm joined by the faith-bound judge herself, Emma. Emma, how are you doing this week? Yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. So I wasn't mm. here last week because I was away in Portsmouth to see some old friends that I haven't seen for a long time. Uh, it was good to nice. catch up, so there was lots of beer, lots of cube, and a lot of history sightseeing, because Portsmouth is, as you may know, is a port town, so there's lots of boats. <laughs> so I saw some really old boats, which was really cool. Is that cube as in, like, magic cube, or a cube as in cheese cubes, or both? Uh, both. Okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> doing it properly, I see. Okay. <laughs> it could be two things. Yeah, it was really great to have just, like, more than two people play my cube, because, as, as I mentioned, I think, a few weeks ago... Um, mm. My cube was a pandemic project, so naturally I yeah. haven't had a lot of people to play the cube. So I'd like a full a full draft for my cube, which was great. They really enjoyed it, and there's just something really satisfying about you know curating a cube and then people really enjoying it mm. and wanting to play it again. It's a really rewarding feeling. Um, yeah. In terms of magic, I haven't done a huge amount because I've been knee deep in Crimson Vale previews for MTG Rocks, so my magic time playing has been limited since I got back. Mm. Although I did find the time to sleeve up all those Pioneer Challenges decks I got. Um, and looking to play with those over the next few weeks to the next month. Just because Pioneer FNMs are back at my LGS. And the, nice. for- the format's great as well. So you should play Pioneer, Indeed. by the way. So looking to kick that off soon. Um, mm. Otherwise, I've been playing more Mega Man X on the Switch. And I'm thinking about picking up the N64 Nintendo Online package oh, yeah. as well. Because I want to play Star Fox 64. Because that game's great. Mm. How about you? Uh, I'm good. I'm kind of the opposite to you in that I had a wild week with a lot of playing Seen magic. Seen you everywhere and, on Twitter yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a good week, not, not uh. going to lie. So, first of all, I'll get the usual plug out of the way. This week's article is all about three new commander decks that you can build with new legends from Crimson Vow. This is one that I do every set just before the release. Uh, I cover Sea Creatures Tribal, a brand new Voltron Enchantress deck, and a sweet, very bizarre wall tribal deck with multiple alternate win conditions so yeah that's live on card kingdom now you can go check that out after the show in terms of magic like i said opposite of you i've been very very busy so first of all i was a guest on alias v's commander series recently Uh, i played a game with herself carlos from kingdoms tv and jim from the spike feeders that's now live on alias v's youtube channel you can check that out i have linked it in the show notes for anybody that is looking to check it out as for playing magic uh, as well i have found a new love in modern i'm building belcher yes yes so to anyone that doesn't know it's looking to use goblin char belcher where you pay three and tap it and you reveal cards from the top of your library until you hit a land card then deal that much damage to your opponent equal to the number of cards you flipped over there are zero lands technically in the deck, thanks to the MDFCs from Zendikar Rising, and it's looking to mainly just play a few rituals into an Iron Crag feat and then the Goblin Char Belcher for the win. Uh, it's been putting up a lot of real results lately, so I decided to just put it together. You know me, like I can't, I can't just let a gross and weird combo deck exist in modern without me trying to play it. So. That's just Char Belcher. It's like yeah. the pinnacle, right? Right? It, it is literally a glass cannon. It is an actual literally, cannon in the made literal of glass. sense. A cannon made of goblins. <laughs> That's it. I also got a lot of amazing stuff in the post this week as well. So, first of all, the folks over at Quiver Time sent me one of their Fabled Quiver carry cases to review on my Twitter account. And I'll link to the review in the show notes. Uh, Spoiler alert, it is very good. 
It is pretty damn they good. They look great. I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Another delivery that I got was a huge care package from Ultimate Guard for reviews as well. They sent me over deck boxes and sleeves and play mats, a hat that doesn't fit me properly, the works. So I ran through all those pieces on Twitter as well. I'll link to those in the show notes. And then also, finally, you know all about this, Emma. I do. Um, but I, I, got a, I got a lovely little care package from Emma as well, dear listener, um, where I got some Old Border Pass and Flames, a full playset of Old Border Trinket Mages that are now residing in four different commander decks. Nice. <laughs> Probably still not enough, um, right? Uh, I think I might need one more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a lot of the way there. I'm a lot of the way there. And a couple of other things as well. Promo and non-foil expressive iterations, which are beautiful. Um, and then, you know, Emma couldn't help herself. She had to put in an old border Dovin's Veto just yes. to, to right take a little back. poke. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was really nice as well. That was that was a, a nice little cherry on top of the whole week. So It's like Christmas for you, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll take You're in a sea I'll take of it. sleeves and deck boxes and, you know, yeah. it's just ice good, right? <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad, you know? Yeah. I, I did need to re-sleeve some stuff, so, like, this is definitely handy. helped, yeah. Very handy. <laughs> and would you believe it, as long as my intro has already been, I'm still not finished with what I've done this week. So, yesterday, <laughs> as of the day of recording, it's Sunday, so yesterday was Saturday, I went to a new LGS in Dublin called Underworld Gaming. Uh it's a good bit out of the way for me. I'm in the main city centre and it's in Tallow, which is sort of west of the city. It's not hard to get to, but it does take a bit of time. But I wanted to go in and check it out and get a feel for the place. Uh, first of all, it's lovely. It's clean. It's bright, friendly. There's aircon. There's clean toilets. There are sanitary products available for anyone that Air needs them. There's a co- oh my God. Yeah, there's, there's a coffee machine, snacks. Everything is great there it's it's good it's a good lgs like i I don't know like i so far i can't find a problem with it i (laughs) unusually and i also got to play my first ever game of flesh and blood so i talked about getting the starter decks recently um actually when i say recently it was like three months ago but i never really got around to it let's be honest so it's super complex i like my brain it's a totally different flow and pace to magic but in a good way so i played two practice games against tom Tom Telford, one of the patrons of the cast, and he was also just playing his first couple of games. So we were both like, uh, I don't know how this works. And then we both just jumped in the deep end and uh, joined an event there mm-hmm. with the deck that my friend Ian, uh, also a patron of the cast, and every time I bring him up, not my boss. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he just handed me a deck. He was like, yeah, I think you'll like this. And one of the other people over there is like, yeah, this is like handing like a brand new Magic player Storm and going, ah, figure it out. I was like, okay, cool. So, grand. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I didn't know what I was doing for half the time. I went one and three. So I did win a, a round, which was nice. I barely understood what was happening, but I got that initial feeling that I had when I first started playing Magic, which was... It was a trial by fire in the form of like a 12 person tournament where you just dove in the deep end and like had to swim your way out. You know, it's it's a feeling like no other because, you know, if you if you mess up or whatever, it's fine. Like you're, you're brand new. It's grand. Yeah. But if you start doing well, you're like this. This is like you'll never get this feeling again. It's just yeah. so good. So I highly recommend doing that whenever you're Yeah, I do game. have the um, the starter decks. I bought like a set of the I don't know what they're called. Like you get a, there's four of them, isn't there? Like the, the glitch cash decks yeah. sort of things. Um, yeah. yeah, they're still sealed. I need to play them at some point. Um, mm. I have watched a little bit of coverage just to get try and get my head around it, but it feels like I just need to play it to like fully understand it. I think yeah. I'll enjoy it once I get into it. It's just finding mm. the time, but 
It looks cool either way. It is cool, to be fair. It is is very good and interesting. Um, and finally, after doing all that yesterday, with Flesh and Blood Easy and the, the LGS and all sorts, I got to play some in-person Paper Commander with Tom and Ian afterwards and Ian's uh, partner, Sophia. So we went to Ian's house, we ordered sushi and just slung some dumb spells while being able to actually make eye contact with each other. And just uh, eat sushi while doing it. Nice. Just magical. Magical. So that, that has been my long, uh, interesting and largely good week. Yeah. This is very, you've been a very busy bee. I have indeed, yeah. Long may it continue. <laughs> yes. But moving on from that, Emma, have we got any housekeeping this week? Uh, we do. So we'd like to give a warm welcome to Zachary uh, of Pulper, Colorado. So they specifically told me to mention that. So Pulper, Colorado, who is the latest member of the Stonks here on Patreon. Um, so mm-hmm. Pulper, Colorado is a group of friends trying to get more people to play Pulper in the Denver, Colorado area. So if you're looking to play nice. Pulper, that's the area to do it, I guess. Um, so yeah, thanks for that and enjoy all the benefits as well. Good stuff. If you enjoy the BM cast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and deck lists they use on the show, and their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash budget magic cast to level up your game and get your stonks on. All right, so... First of all, before we go any further, it is my turn. It has been a couple of weeks. I got off the hook a little bit because of Angelo jumping in. Budget there, Emma, so. yeah. Budget Emma anytime, does that. Yeah, any, anytime, that, anytime he comes in, I'm just like, uh, I'm going to not think of a card of the week this time. It's your turn. You're the guest. <laughs> guest of honours. Yeah. Guest of honour always thinks of the card of the week. Good, so. good manners, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I finally got around to it. And it's a card that I remembered recently as really, really good in Commander. It's Tectonic Reformation. So it is one and a red for an enchantment that has cycling two and it says land cards in your hand gain cycling for one red. So a single red mana. So it turns dead land draws into a redraw. It enables cycling and discard abilities by converting all your lands into cyclers. It is an extremely low opportunity cost card because if it's not good or relevant at any given time, you just pay two and it's a redraw. It's fine. In my opinion, this should be in most red commander decks as a way to keep gas flowing. And this plus Throws of Chaos are must-includes in Mono Red because the worst thing that can happen in Mono Red is that you draw land. So you need to be able to turn that either into a Cascade spell or into a redraw. And those two cards together are phenomenally powerful for keeping things consistent and strong in Commander. So definitely, definitely, definitely pick them up. They're 20 cents, by the way. So cheap. Yeah. Real good. Pennies. Absolutely. Literally, actually pennies. So, that is my card of the week. Nice. And on to the meat and bones of the episode. We are still talking Crimson Vow, still talking the previews. As of the time of recording, the pre-pre-release for Loading Ready Run and stuff was only a couple of days ago. As you're listening to this from Thursday or Wednesday, if you're a patron, just putting that out there. If you're a patron, you can listen a day early. But the pre-releases are coming up soon and... Arena releases on Thursday as well, I believe. Arena release, yeah, that's going to be up. So we're going to run through a bunch of the cards that have sort of stood out to us in the set. We do this every time there's a set release and 
it seems to go down well. So we're going to cover some of the, generally speaking, we're leaning more towards the budget cards or like more affordable cards. So they mm. tend to be around like common or uncommon, sometimes rare. It's not very often that we cover mythics, but sometimes. Emma, do you want to kick us off with one first? Yep. Yeah, so the first one on our list is Welcoming Vampire. Uh, so for two generic and a white, you get a, get a vampire that is a 2-3 with flying. It is also in white, which is a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So it reads, whenever one or more creatures with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of white card draw that doesn't suck. And I appreciate the pun on the notes because it's a vampire and it doesn't suck. I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> um, it's, it's very limited in power, but it's just easy to enable because when you play yeah. like white decks, they're all like two, uh, two power less anyway. So you can just draw cards off it. Um, yeah. And plus the two, three sort of flying part of it is actually relevant. You can just put some auras on it. It can get into combat quite well. But yeah, just that's the one thing you want in these white base decks. You want a way to keep your hand full so you can play more creatures. And this does that to an extent. Um, mm. It's just a fine card, I think. It's decently costed. It does. It draws cards. Like, what more could you want? Yep, 100%. I have noticed, according to Scryfall, the prices for this at the moment is around $9. Wow, really? Uh, I, I would wait for this to drop. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, before release, rares and mythics will likely drop. There are going to be some exceptions where they will shoot up when they become like super relevant or whatever. But yeah. I, I, t- I tend to have a golden rule of not pre-ordering cards on release, just yeah. because circulation's not there. So of course they're going to be more. So and the fact it's a standard print set, so there's going to be a lot of it, right? Um, it's yeah. probably going to be less than nine dollars, uh, quite comfortably. So I would wait unless you're like you really want the card and like for commander mm. for example i mean you only need like a coffee but eh, just wait a week or two yeah i would put a caveat on that in that if there are commons or uncommons that you're interested in mm. there's not going to be a huge difference so if you want to get them soon just pick them up you might pay an extra few cents but nothing major yeah. um with one possible exception from this set and that is the next card which is wash away so it's a single blue mana for an instant with cleave for one blue blue so we haven't covered cleave here yet in this episode so cleave is you may cast this spell for its cleave cost if you do you remove the words in square brackets so i only thought of this now this is going to be really difficult to explain on an audio platform yeah so (laughs) so without cleave it says counter target spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand and cleave is counter target spell so if you cleave it it's a cancel if you don't cleave it, it is one blue mana to counter a spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand. So this is counter-target commander for a single blue mana. Yeah. It also stops flashback spells, spells from exile, spells from the graveyard, all sorts of things. And, you know, worst case scenario, a cancel is still just fine. So mm. this is already at $3 according to Scryfall. I would probably hold off on this one because, yeah. by like you said, by the time supply gets around it'll drop to maybe like a euro or sorry a dollar or 50 cents or something but it is going to be very good it's going to definitely see some play nice so another cleave card that seems to be quite good is dread fugue so for one black it's a sorcery in an uncommon uh, and it reads so target player reveals their hand choose an online card from it with two mana value or less and then your player discards that card the cleave cost is the two generic and a black and then you just remove that so you can just discard any online card from their hand Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a sort of fort seas. It's like a one and a half fort seas, I guess. It's not mm-hmm. a bad like budget replacement on it, I guess. 
Yes. It's great against the Restex in Modern and Pioneer as well. It's quite versatile. And the the fact that you're not trading any life to discard the card is decent in, you know, in certain matchups. So if it's like the heavy aggressive decks, stuff like Burn, this is a really flexible way of yep. just going, hey, I can either I can do one or the other, but I'm not worried about losing life. Um, it's always yep. nice to have a decent like discard that isn't just like Duress, for example. So it's nice mm. and flexible. Yeah, it's good. I'm not too sure how I feel about Cleave as a mechanic. It feels like a kicker, but not kicker. I mean, look, we, we all know of the article at this point where Mark Rosewood <laughs> talked about every card yeah. is either a split card or a kicker card. Yeah. So, you know, like... I, I, I have been on Twitter a lot in the past week and all I've seen is it's just kicker in response to everything. Yeah. And I'm personally kind of over it. <laughs> so, it kind of makes me feel like an editor just reading the card, which you're yeah. kind of doing my job anyway. I'm not sure how yeah. I feel about that. But I get they have to make things interesting, right? Mm. Yeah. Is this what's going to make you feel like your hobby is now your work? Yes. <laughs> the lines are blurring uh, ever more. Oh no. Every time, just a note on this, every single time that they print a new interesting discard spell, there's a little tiny voice in the back of my mind that goes, rebuild 8-rack. Rebuild 8-rack. I'm not doing it. I've I've locked okay. it away now. I'm never building it again, just like I'm never building Monoblitron or Gift Storm ever again. I love the decks, don't get me wrong, I love them. Absolutely love them and recommend them if they're your thing. However, I have built and sold those three decks in particular at least three times each. So right. I'm I'm just not putting myself through that anymore. So yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, because I built them all on, on a reckless impulse, you know, every single sure. time. Yeah. Which sense. is a very good segue into the next card, Reckless Impulse. <laughs> very good. Which is one and a red for a sorcery at common. This is important. Exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. So it's a common. This is going to be important for Pauper, probably. It's a two-mana divination. It's also going to be good in Commander. It's a two-mana divination in red. I'm definitely putting one into my Lelia deck. That's for absolute certainty. Oh, yeah. It's great. Lelia. And it's probably going to be good in, like, Standard and stuff as well. Because if you want to get a bit of a, a late game going with, like, a mono-red aggressive deck or something, this is the card for it. You know, it's mm. just, like, it does the same job as Light Up the Stage. It's as less, like, risk and reward as Light Up the Stage was, but... It's still just really good. Really, really good. Highly recommend it. Excited to see where it lands in Pauper. Mm. I think it's definitely... I don't know, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but it feels like, yeah, this is like... It's going to be powerful, but not like format-defining like yeah. Modern Horizons 2. Um, so another powerful red common that is in Crimson Vale is Valdara and mm. Epicure. So for one red mana, you get a 1-1 Vampire... And it reads, when Vodara and Epicure enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent, create a blood token. And if you don't know what a blood token is, it's an artifact mm-hmm. with tap and you pay one, discard a card, sacrifice that artifact and then you draw a card. Um, so basically it is Red Favourite Inspector, so I'm quite happy yep. with it. Um, I'm expecting to see this be in Pauper <laughs> somewhere as well, um, just because the draw and discard's quite nice. It can be flickered to kill opponents because it's got that ETP ping each opponent, so it's quite good in Commander. Um, you can generate infinite artifacts mm. as well. But yeah, this just seems really, really good. And I hear you have some thoughts on the blood mechanic as well, Scott. Yeah, so a, <laughs> a couple of things here. I'm glad to see you get your Red Thraven Inspector. I'm happy. I am going to go on record and say that I think this is better than Thraven Inspector. Um, and I, I will you know, let that slide. We, to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> I get, yeah. Um, 
So I had a little rant there yesterday on Twitter about the blood mechanic and the blood tokens because people are poo-pooing it like real bad, really, really bad, saying it's terrible and that it's useless and they don't see how it can actually be any good. Well, first of all, it is actually good. I'm not saying it's good as in like, you know the way you say, for example, people are comparing this to clues, right? Yes. And they're going, they're not clues, therefore they're crap, right? Because they're, they're viewing the discard as a bad thing or whichever. Now, sure, it's not strict card advantage like clues, but that doesn't mean it should be seen as worse, right? So this essentially gives every card in your hand the option of gaining cycling one. Because you're paying one, you're tapping, discarding a card to draw a card. Effectively, it's what that reads. Discarding is rarely ever actually a bad thing, despite what people think. There are so many ways to gain incidental value from discarding, whether that's through graveyard synergies or discard synergies or cycling synergies or whatever, it's not even worse than a clue token because a clue token doesn't put something in the bin. It does draw you a card and like puts you up one card in hand, but that's not always better. On top of this, discarding the card is part of the activation cost, so it can be used to pitch dredgers and then immediately dredge them if you want to. This could be a potential option for dredge. Now, it's not the same as Infinite Neonate, and that's why I'm uncertain about its appearance in most formats because mm. it's very close to Insolent Neonate, but it doesn't necessarily need an additional mana investment and all sorts. So aside from that, cards that incidentally generate artifact to- tokens are rarely ever okay and not at all broken because have you seen treasures? Have you seen like interactions with food? Have you seen interactions with insert any artifact token ever here? Mm. Now I know... Generally speaking, there are more powerful interactions with the likes of treasures and all sorts of stuff. And treasures by themselves are probably just better. But, like, you can't just go around discounting this without, first of all, trying it. And then, second of all, thinking that discard is actually bad. Because it's not. A perfect example of a commander for this is, like, Osgir, The yeah. face commander from uh, the Strixhaven Lorehold precon. He, w- he wants things in the bin. He literally wants things in the bin. So that he can make multiple copies of them. Blood tokens are also artifacts, and he's an artifact commander. How how are people not seeing this? They're, like I had people coming onto my Twitter being like, "Oh, this isn't going into my uh, my graveyard deck and commander," and, and they're like they're talking about like a Marin deck or something. I'm like, "Well, it's red anyway, so it doesn't matter." But like even the black cards that have um, blood tokens or whatever, like they're they're not designed for that kind of deck. Like because you don't care about artifacts, you don't really care particularly about discarding. You just care about things being in the bin. So like self mill stuff's more important or better or sacrificing stuff. So you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. You're looking at it from well, it's not good in my deck, therefore it's therefore bad. It must be terrible. Yeah. It just it really grinds my gears when someone like sees a mechanic like this and goes, yeah. "It's bad," and then like backs it up with nothing except I don't like it in my deck. Yeah. That's terrible. That's terrible reasoning, and it makes me think that you're absolutely abysmal card evaluation. Don't ever do that. It's not smart, it's not good, and it makes you look like a damn fool. That is my blood rant. End of story. Okay. There you go. Um, I agree with you. <laughs> I think I think the mechanic's good. It's not going to be game-changing. It's not going to change no. formats or whatever. I'm excited to see it from a limited standpoint, because obviously you've got that access to just more card draw. So it's mm. going to make games a limited really, really interesting, I think, because... You know, if you're heavy on lands, you can just throw them away, you know, get something else. Um, And also, like, 
I imagine there's like a vamp, like an Edgar Markov sort of vampire matters like Femi deck that wants like blood tokens, like anointed possession, for example. And you just make loads of blood tokens and you just discard loads of stuff. And I also quite like how it enables madness as well because you're discarding yeah. as well, which is a nice, flavorful sort of riff on it as well. Yeah, for sure. I really like this. And in fact, the next card that we're going to talk about is another blood token generator, and that is Ceremonial Knife right so it's one generic for an artifact equipment with equip two notably you can tutor for this off of a trinket mage i have to point that out every time this possible mm-hmm. uh equipped creature gets plus one plus oh and whenever this creature deals combat damage create a blood token so first of all it's a repeatable blood token generator that's good you're making artifacts repeatedly two mana equip isn't amazing but it can absolutely lead to some broken stuff if this is left unchecked you know you could just keep making artifacts every time you make combat happen but what's really important to note here is the wording whenever this creature deals combat damage it's not whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player it's it's just whenever it deals any damage so if you start getting blocked by creatures you're making blood tokens if you hit your opponent you're making blood tokens if you hit a planeswalker you're making blood tokens it is worded the same way as Umazawa's Jite is. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not comparing this to Umazawa's Jite. I am not. But what I am saying is that's one of the things that makes Jite so powerful, is that it doesn't have to connect with a player. You just initiate combat and you get stuff for it. That is really, really good and it's it's overlooked. This card, like I have not seen a single person talk about this card yet. And now, it might not be like super incredible, but some deck somewhere is going to want this and they're going to be very happy that it exists. Mm. And I feel like it's important to highlight these cards so that the right deck finds this. I just think it's really neat as well, you know? <laughs> it's good. I like it. Yeah, cool idea. It's a great way just to have, as you say, just like as a blood sort of token generator, especially if you just want loads of artifacts for whatever reason and stack them off and stuff. It just seems a really yeah. good way of doing that. That's it. And one of the cards I'm really excited about, and you can tell I'm, you know, thinking about this with Cube and just always focus on commons and uncommons. Um, although this doesn't go in Cube, but when I look at preview, previews, I'm like, what are the commons and uncommons? Mm. And then I work upwards. Um, yeah. So Geistlight Snare is one that I'm quite excited about. So for two and a blue, you get an instant that reads. This spell costs one less uh, to cast if you control a spirit. It also costs one less to cast if you control an enchantment. You counter-target spell unless I control a place free. Um, so basically, it is mana leak for spirits, which is really, really nice. Um, a lot of the time, mm. this is not going to cost three mana. It's going to cost two, sometimes one. Also, because you get the discount on enchantments as well. So in the realms of like modern and pioneer, you have stuff like Rest in Peace, Stony Silence. You have all these sideboard enchantment cards that help discount uh, Geist Light Snare. Like spirits isn't really a thing in modern anymore, unfortunately. Mm. However, I can see I can see myself running like two or three of these in the main board of Pioneer Spirits, like the blue white deck. Especially the Pioneer Challenger deck if you have it. So if you open some Geistlight Snares, keep a hold of them because they'll go really good in this deck. I just think it's a really, really good rate, and Man League it just seems good in a pioneer format. Don't know about me. Yeah. So two things here. One, you're talking about a spirits card, shocked Pikachu face. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love my next card then. (laughs) But, but also, worth pointing out one neat little thing. Eidolon of Rhetoric is both a spirit and an enchantment. 
worth remembering for like sideboard when it comes to like pioneer or even modern because let's be honest it was only a couple of months ago like after mh2 and even where the spirits was floating around for a bit you know it was around the time of like helio combo and that kind of thing which Mm. i don't really know why that's disappeared but that's besides the point but yes this card is really really cool i like it i like the way that they are introducing ways to give specific decks very cheap powerful interaction without making it just universally ridiculous like you know mystical dispute for example mm, so good example, yeah yeah i i really think this is good also yeah. the art is sweet the art is cool. really really good that's probably mm. my favorite art in the set also not surprising but it's i just think it's a really cool card yeah. um and i wouldn't be surprised to see it in standard as well i imagine there's like a standard spirits list waiting to happen mm. as well but i'm very excited to run two or three of these in pioneer it's the first place i'm going to go to i think in like the zoria yeah. spirits um, yeah, see, see it seems very nicely powered for Pioneer, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Next on the list, my last card is Lantern of the Lost. Surprise, surprise, it is a one-mana artifact that you can tutor up with the Trinket Mage. Preferably <laughs> an old border Trinket Mage. Thank you, Emma. But no, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the, it reads, when Lantern of the Lost enters the battlefield, exile target card from a graveyard. So the first half is like Soul Guide Lantern. And you can pay one, a tap, and exile Lantern of the Lost to exile all cards from all graveyards, then draw a card. So the second half is the second half of Relic of Progenitus. So they took two of the best uh, graveyard removal spells of all time and just mashed them together and went, there you go. So it's one of the best pieces of graveyard hate in a long time, in fact, since Soul Guide Lantern. Uh, this will definitely show up in Eternal Formats. Absolutely pick up your playsets because you will almost definitely find homes for them across... Every format that it's legal in, to be perfectly honest, depending on the way in which you want to interact with the graveyards. But it's very, very good. Very, very good. I don't like the fact that it doesn't have the repeatable graveyard hate like mm. Relic of Progenitus does, the ongoing one, because that's yeah. really good against the likes of Merktide and that sort of stuff in Modern. But I do like the fact that it has targeted stuff so you can just snipe a Croxa or you can like take that Mistress Bobble out of your opponent's graveyard or whatever it is. And then it just sort of sits there until you need to crack it, which is yeah. quite nice. I like it. It's another quiver in the ever-growing, what, it could go in Urza Saga bow. Mm. It's another thing you can yeah. get off that as well. Um, and it's just really good to have these wealth of just sort of graveyard hate options, even for Pioneer as well. I know Urza Saga's not in Pioneer. But it's just, you know, having that, what kind of graveyard hate do I need to bring for, you know, certain metagames because they all act differently. And it's just nice just to have that versatility and just have the options. I think it's really good. For sure. All right, so my last card is, unsurprisingly, another spirit. Um, <laughs> so this is Cemetery Illuminator. So they did a cemetery cycle for this set. Um, mm. So one of each colour is a mythic, and they all theme around the cemetery, funny enough. So Cemetery Illuminator is a 2-3 spirit for 1 generic and 2 blue. It has flying. Whenever Cemetery Illuminator enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from a graveyard. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. And lastly, once each turn, you may cast a spell from the top of your library if it shares a card type with a card exiled with Cemetery Illuminator. For free mana, you get decent stats. It's a 2-3. Um, it flies, which is the important thing. Um, it ignores stuff like Shock and Wild Slash and Pioneer, which is important. Mm. Um, and if you get one Lord down in Modern, it dodges a Lightning Bolt, which is relevant too. Looking at the top card is nice because 
as you're a spirit stick, you care about tempo and using the right cards to deal with the right um, sort of threats. So knowing what's coming ahead allows you to prepare for that and anticipate accordingly. Mm. Um, and note with Cemetery Illuminate, it says any graveyard, a graveyard. So you can exile anything, even from your own, from your opponents. It can be a hate piece or you can just use it to discount your spirits because or just get spirits into play quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like building graveyard hate on ETB or attack, which just seems really good. Um, and as I said, at worst, you can just use it to exile the spirit from your graveyard and then just play from the top. It just seems good. It's just a well-built, designed card. And it's just nice yeah. to have that sort of um, look at the top card effect in blue as well. You don't yeah. see it often. Spirit of the future or something we should be calling this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I also like you don't have to reveal it either because the maintenance mm. of that in a game of magic can be quite yeah. taxing. I see you yeah, cause for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's like it's a, it's a reasonably costed spirit with some good effects on it, and yeah. spirits have evasion, so even by themselves, they're pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't play like the whole four because I don't think that's no. a bit much. Because um, you you're, you're fighting for Lord space, and you don't really want to encroach on that. But I could see like yeah. a one of or a two of, or maybe a couple in the sideboard, just mm. for those sort of graveyard matchups where you still want to be aggressive. You don't want to remove a spirit for graveyard hate. This is yeah. like built in um so yeah that's nice right so that is it for the cards that have stood out to us the budget ones in crimson vow well mostly budget there are a couple that are a little expensive like we've said already but don't don't pre-order just yet wait it out see how things go moving on to the wrap-up part of the show emma have we got some q a this week yep we have a couple this week so we've got one from evie the most 97 uh they just tweeted in to say um, it's not really much of a sweet deal, but just something for players to be aware of. The Love Your LGS promos seem to be pretty plentiful for various stores oh, across yeah. the country and the world. Um, if you're going to in-person events safely again, it might be a good time to start picking some of these up. Most notably, the, go- the Retro Border Foil Goblin guys, which Evie May sent in a photo and they look fantastic. They look so yeah, good. Um, you get they like Bolus of Citadel, Scavenging Ooze, and Dig Through Time, if I remember correctly. Yes, so... You picked some up, didn't you? Yeah, so in the war chest, they give them out once a week at the modern event, and it is Bolas of Citadel, Avon Mind Sensor, Dig Through Time, Scavenging Ooze, and Goblin Guide. Yeah. Yeah, and they are lovely. They're lovely. Mm. I, I love the fact that they're giving these cards the retro frame feel, because yeah. they look great. Also, uh, Evie the Mage just said, uh, this was inspired by the 8 Whack episode from a few weeks ago. Nice. <laughs> which I thought was quite nice. Um, uh, and lastly, we have a question from Minnie Maya on the BMCast Discord. I don't know, if you ever played Mega Man, first off? No, well, uh, uh, sort of. So I played like one or two when I tried to get it, like I had a bit of a retro game kind of buzz a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, but... I was at a very sort of impatient headspace, so I started playing the game, got killed within like the first like minute, and I'm like, this is crap, and <laughs> I just threw it away, you know, okay. so I don't have the rose-tinted goggles on from like childhood growing up with this stuff, okay. so I am best not answering this because I'll say none, so... Okay, so I'll answer yeah, this then, because be I'm yeah. currently playing through them. Um, so yeah. they ask, uh, which is your favourite Mega Man game and which which of one of the bosses you would be? So my favourite Mega Man is Mega Man X, which is the one I'm playing for at the moment. That is the one I had the most fondest memories of playing as a kid. 
Um, in terms of bosses, um, so if you're not familiar with Mega Man, you have like eight mini bosses that you have to fight in order because you get power ups after you defeat them, and you mm-hmm. use those power ups to beat the other bosses, and then you use all of them at the end to fight one big boss. It's kind of like a little bit like a Metroidvania, a little bit because you can go mm, back and yeah. forth and stuff. Um, so at the minute, my favorite and um, which boss I'd be is probably, and also a lot of the bosses are based off animals as well. So mine would be Chill Penguin, which is just a penguin that just shoots snow at people. Because penguins are great. Nice. That's it. That's the tweet. Thank you for listening to us here at the BMcast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Cheering Fanatic tier, we have Aliandro, Kilgore Trout 503, Max Makes Magic, The Jess Guy, The Joe Cheney, Nicholas Martin, Bradley Rose, Ian Holland, Christopher McCarthy, Tom Telford, Anton Clement, Edward Whitney, Evil Vanilla Glaze, Matthew O'Neill, and Anthony Burchett. At the Stonks tier, we have Anga Orr, Scott Creech, Simon Grip, Brian Madden, A Nice Planeswalker, Nerblin, Everett Brogan, Alex Gibson, Bo Schwartz Madsen, Mickey Paris, Mark Davis, Coffee, Spencer Stack, and Zachary Morrow. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We cannot thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely and wonderful people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck. 